What's going on, guys? This is the first ever episode of the College Football Degenerates podcast. My name is Toby Giuliano, and I am here with... Michael Ahern. What's going on? So, we are just two people that are absolutely obsessed with college football, like yourselves. And, uh, Michael, why don't you tell us who your favorite college football team is? I am a diehard dogs fan. Go dogs! UGA football. Hey, Kirby Smart is the best coach in college football. Let me let me just say that that is the first of one of Michael's horrible takes. That it's come, it's not it, it comes from a bias. It's not of Georgia, and you know what? It's I not. can't take away what Georgia's done. Two straight national championships. I've never seen it before in my lifetime. I'll probably never see it again. But all that to say, you'll see it when they win three. Okay. All right. Well, me myself. I, I used to be a diehard Alabama fan, and the older I got, I sort of phased out of it. So one day, me and Michael were playing, perhaps, what is it, Michael? What is NCAA Football 14? It's the most balanced game of all time. It is the most balanced game of all time. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, I really need a team to root for again. So we put in the college football team randomizer, and I landed on BYU. And that team has brought me nothing but disappointment. But I, I'm a diehard BYU fan. Yeah. The bicycle college, as they call it. Yes, sir. So, um, you know, every episode we're going to have multiple different segments. Today we're going to look at our top 10 quarterbacks each, who we think are, you know, going to have an insane year. Our top 10 rankings of all the teams this year. Dear Michael, do you have any spicy takes on one of those? Um, I might. You'll have to watch. You have to pay attention and see. We are going to be talking about our top ten quarterbacks for this upcoming season. Toby, what's your number ten? You know, I'm going to start us off with a guy that I feel is very disrespected for what he accomplished last year. Okay, and he might be overlooked a little bit because of the overall talent of his roster. But my number ten quarterback is the starter for Utah himself, Cam Rising. I think you know. Got a signature Pac-12 victory. I think he really led a very good roster last year, and I think he has a lot of potential for this year. Yeah. Cam Rising, he almost made my list. He didn't. He was a final cut. I came down to two guys, and he was my final cut. If I had an honorable mention, he'd probably be the honorable mention. But for number 10, I'm going Jalen Daniels, the quarterback out of Kansas. Uh, I mean, he put up 2,000 yards. Had 18 touchdowns and only four interceptions. Now, granted, he did miss a few games with injuries, so that did impact his stats and his overall ranking was on my list. But I mean, he did have he was number one in college football for QBR, which you know is saying something. There were a lot of really good quarterbacks last year, and he was number one. Uh, Kansas under him was very good. Uh, I think he's going to have a really good season this year. Yeah, I um. He did not make my list. However, I did see that stat the other day that when he was healthy, he had the number one QBR in the entire nation, which is absolutely insane, especially on a team like Kansas, who, again, they beat the odds last year as to what record they would get. But the talent's not there wide receiver-wise, so that was insane. But um, moving on to number nine, Michael, who you got at that spot? Uh, I got to go J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan. Um, You know, he... Put up around two, almost 3,000 passing yards. He had 22 touchdowns, five interceptions. You know, he's real big, about six foot five, absolute cannon of an arm, and he's mobile. But there are some questions on me for me, like accuracy wise. I think uh, 
his two interceptions that he threw in the TCU game in the college football playoffs last year, that that did matter. But, I mean, there weren't many quarterbacks that were leading their team to a college football playoff, and he was one of them, and that matters, you know. Uh, college football playoff experience is important. Uh, and so, yeah, he's at number nine on my list. See, I, I respect that, but, again, this might have been – Maybe one of the hotter, if not the hotter takes I had on my list. He actually did not make my list in its entirety. I actually believe J.J. McCarthy is only good because of his roster. And yes, he does some things well. But when the game came on the line, he showed versus TCU that he can't get it done himself. So that's why, for me, he did not make it on my list. However, for my number nine spot, I have a player who I believe has... A pretty low floor because of his decision making but I believe he has not just a finalist but he can win the Heisman and that's as high as the ceiling is and of course I'm talking about Spencer Rattler last year he had he had some really awful games but when he got to his true potential seriously end of the year I he showed what he can do and I really I really feel like he's gonna have a breakout year this year once again but um I think that's that's fair that's fair but you know, it depends on which Spencer Rattler you get. Are you getting the game, the guy against Tennessee, or are you getting the one against Georgia State? <laughs> if you don't know, watch the Georgia State. He was horrible, okay? Yeah. And Georgia State's not particularly good. Okay? No, but, again, I think he's going to come off of – because, again, it's really just decision-making. It's not his talent. It's not his accurate. He has, he has everything talent-wise to do it. But enough about Spencer Rattler. I'm going to move on to my number eight. Which might be a little high. You might have have him lower on your list, or you might not have him on your list at all. Crazy enough, my number eight is Quinn Ewers, the Ooh. quarterback for Texas. Now, I know he had a down second half of the year. However, before he had that injury in the Alabama game, not only do I believe they would have beat Alabama in that game, but I believe that he would have had a Heisman finalist type of year. And hmm. he was different after that injury. He has an entire offseason to, you know, rehab, get back to the way he was. So um, so I think he's going to have a good year. Yeah, I mean, Quinn Ewers, undeniable talent. I'm pretty sure he was like he got a perfect grade from 24-7 sports when he came out. Uh, you know, that there aren't many players to get that nod. And he he's an undeniable talent. I The consistency is what's keeping me back personally. But, you know. We shall see this season. Um, at number eight, I have Jaden Daniels, the quarterback at LSU. Uh, he led LSU to a SEC championship game, and a you know it wasn't talked about because of you know people sitting out and stuff like that. But his game against Purdue, uh, and overall that LSU bowl game against Purdue was like sneaky good. Uh, it, I mean, it was a, I mean, it was a blowout. So, but yeah, that LSU team—they're going to be real good year this year. But I mean, Jaden Daniels—I mean, he had three thousand passing yards, only three interceptions, and he had almost nine hundred rushing yards. So he's—he can do a lot. Uh, he's a proven talent. Uh, he's going to have a really good year this year. Uh, so yeah, at number seven, uh, I guess it's my turn. yeah seven. I have this is a, a deep cut. You might not have this, Toby, and the listener might not either. But you need to. I need to put y'all on. His name is Michael Pratt, the quarterback out at Tulane. I know who it is. Yes, sir. He's he's a beast, bro. He is. I mean, like he had three thousand passing yards last year and twenty seven touchdowns and only five interceptions. I mean, that's very impressive. 
Very impressive. Um, Tulane was really good this year or last year, and they're going to be really good this year. Um, you know, we're going to talk about later on about really good non-con games. This uh, game's not going to be on my list, but the Tulane Ole Miss game is going to be really good this year. So make sure you all watch that. But Michael Pratt, he is a really good talent. Not to mention he can also run the football. You know, <laughs> I guess you'd say he's the the sneaky good athlete, if you know what I mean. But, hey, <laughs> yeah. hey he's a really good rusher, and he's a really good quarterback in general. Yeah, I I see I see the hype for him. He did not make my list, okay. but I just want to shout this out because I don't think we'll mention it at all in this upcoming year, and it probably won't get mentioned as much as it should. But that Tulane comeback bowl victory last year oh, was, was really one of the craziest good. things I've ever seen, and the fact, just the way that they turned that program around last year. I mean, well done for them. I think they're gonna have a great year. I actually believe they can beat Ole Miss because I don't even think they know who they're going to be starting at quarterback. I mean, they've no. taken everyone they can from the transfer portal just to start one guy on the field. So it's going to be interesting, but yeah. getting to my number seven, and I believe this player is going to be much much lower on your list, closer, closer to the top five, but I think the hype is a bit too much. I have my number seven. I have... Michael Penix, the Whoa. quarterback for Washington. Whoa, now, what? here's what I will say. Here's what I will say. All right? What? Any other year, including last year, I would probably have him top five. And, you no. know, deservedly so, he deserves to be top five. But I think we can both agree this might be, if not the best all-time, a top five quarterback class on paper going into a year that I've ever seen. I would the, agree the quarterback that. class is stacked. However, here, here's the thing. Michael Penix can easily win the Heisman. Washington can make a playoff, and it's all on his shoulders. They have a great wide receiving core. But I just think the six guys I have in front of him have been more battle-tested, and I think they've proven themselves a little bit more. You know? Uh, hey, you're going to hear my opinion on big Penix energy in just a second, okay? I, I don't know what Toby's on, man. He, he's much better than, what, seven? Come on, man. All right, well, you know, moving on to six, you've already mentioned this player. I think, I actually think it's a little disrespectful how high you had him. My number six, I'm going to go Jaden Daniels, quarterback for LSU. Hmm. I think he might be the best rushing quarterback in all of college football. Now, he's not the best dual threat. He's up there. He's not the best passer, but with his legs... I mean, it's really insane what he can do. There's not too much else to say. I mean, signature win over Alabama. I mean, that was that was a great win. That was that was a crazy game. I think he's going to have an even better game this year. And t- total side note, but it was kind of interesting to me that college football did not try to make Kansas versus LSU a non-conference game. I would have loved to see Jaden versus Jalen. You know, that would have been a great game yeah. to watch. But um. Moving on, who uh, who is your sixth spot when it comes to quarterbacks? Uh, at six, uh, this is a guy I know a lot of people are real high on him. So I mean, six is very high. But I have Jordan Travis out of Florida State. Uh, he's a really talented quarterback. I mean, three thousand passing yards, twenty four touchdowns, only five interceptions. He can do it on the uh, you know running the ball as well. I mean, watch like watch what he did in that Florida game. You know that he had like. There's like seven guys, you know, seven defenders, you know, from Florida all around him. 
and he managed to score a touchdown. I'm still not 100% sure how he did that. I mean, maybe it's just Florida's defense is that bad. I mean, it was really bad if you saw any Florida games. But, um, yeah, Jordan Travis is a really talented guy. I mean, he's real accurate as well. I'm just, you know, he. I don't think he has that elite. He's not as good as these top five guys. And, I mean, Jordan Travis, though, he's, I mean, six is real good, but he's just not in that top five for me. Yeah, I um I have more to say about him, but he's he's lower on my list, so we'll get there when we get there. But um who do you who do you have in your five spot? I have five I got you know, it's crazy that I'm saying this considering where his career was at just only a few just a year ago. But old Bo Nix, okay? Uh you know, I use I whatever things you think I could have said about Bo Nix. I probably did. I mean, he was horrible at Auburn. And as a Georgia fan, it it was hilarious to watch. <laughs> uh, but Bo Nix at Oregon was amazing. Uh, again, now, granted, our Georgia seems to be his kryptonite. I mean, his game, that season opener for Oregon against Georgia was, like, not even close. It was horrible. Bo Nix looked lost in the game. But Bo Nix... After that game, would look different. I mean, he had three. I mean, over thirty-five hundred passing yards. Had twenty-nine touchdowns, and he had fourteen rushing touchdowns. He was just putting numbers on the board. Okay, uh, he's gonna he's gonna have a really good year this year. Oregon getting him back was absolutely huge. I mean, it was easily the highlight of their off season for me or off season in quotation marks but um you know he's really good uh bonix i think he's going to have a really good year and i think oregon's going to be quite good this year you know funny enough when we were looking and we were talking about the segments i just had in the back of my mind i was like i know we're going to have the same number 1 i think it's consensus however i did not think we were going to have the same number at any other point however Mr. Bo Nix is also my number five. Huh. The only thing I think you forgot to mention about him is that he's actually going into his 27th collegiate year of playing football. It, it feels like it. it feels like <laughs> no, but again, as bad as he was against Georgia in the first game of the season, every other game that year, I mean, he almost legitimately had 20-plus passing and 20-plus rushing touchdowns. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stay on him anymore because everything I could say you already said about him, it was great for Oregon to keep him. But um, moving on to number four, I have this guy a little lower than you had him, but I'm gonna go Jordan Travis from FSU. I think I love what the coach has done, just changing the culture, especially last year. You know, the year before last year, they had some games. I can't remember what the team is, but they had a really bad. Um, group of five loss. I mean, it was it was awful. But their coach changed the culture last year, and again, I think I think Jordan Travis is one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in college football this year, and no one really talks about this guy, which is kind of confusing. But Micah Pittman, the brother of Michael Pittman, starting wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts, might be a top ten receiver in college football, and oh, he's not there anymore. He transferred. Transferred? Yeah, he went to Utah. Who did tra- No way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, I'm gonna have to fact check that. Hold on. Yeah, look it up. Hold look it on. Up right now. Oh, you kidding? Hold on. I will actually cry, bro. I mean, they got Keon. Micah Pittman is an American football wide receiver for 
the Utah Utes. You got to be kidding me. Well, if I would have known that, I mean, shoot, I might have had to put Cam Rising a little bit higher because last year, I mean, they had the tight ends, but they just had wide receivers with speed. Micah Pittman, I mean, that's that's insane, honestly. Hey, don't sleep on the Florida State receiving room. I mean, Keon Coleman was a beast for Michigan State. He transfers in, and Johnny Wilson... I mean, he's six foot seven. He's six foot seven. Yes, yes, yes. But I mean, hey, we've seen we've seen older Florida State tall wide receivers like Kelvin Benjamin and stuff like that have some good years in college and then absolutely suck in the NFL. So we'll see if they can, you know, reproduce what they did with the height. But moving on from Jordan Travis at my four, who is at your four spot when it comes to quarterbacks? I have. He's a transfer guy. He's one of the few transfer guys on this list, but I have Sam Hartman for Notre Dame. Uh, he was at Wake Forest last year, uh, and he's been putting up absolutely ridiculous stats at Wake Forest his last few years. Um, you know, he had 3,700 passing yards thirty-eight and 38 touchdowns. Um, and he did have 12 interceptions, though, but when you look at the amount of passes he threw, uh, it's very ridiculous. 12 interceptions is not much compared to the amount of throws he threw. Uh, if you watched any Wake Forest games, and you probably did when you watched the Wake Forest-Clemson game last year was a great game, but Wake Forest has this super weird offense where it, like he's just like sitting there, you know, where they snap the ball, and he just puts it in the running back's hand right there, and he just holds it there, and he waits for the middle linebacker. And if the middle linebacker makes the wrong move, then boom. But, you know, very weird offense, and we're you know there's going to be a lot Sam Hartman learning how to do like a more pro style offense at Notre Dame, but the talent is undeniable. Sam Hartman is an absolute beast of a quarterback. He, I mean, he was really good last year, and in my opinion, he's the fourth best quarterback currently in college football. Okay, actually, if if he's your number four, I'm very I'm very intrigued to see who you have as number three. Who's who is your third best quarterback in the nation? Okay, I mean, at three, you know, you were disrespecting him earlier. I got big Penix energy, Michael Penix Jr. Wow, Washington. Wow. Uh, you know he, like, I mean, he had four thousand, like he had like. What four thousand six hundred passing yards last year? Thirty-one touchdowns, and he had more pass attempts. I'm pretty sure he had more pass attempts than Sam Hartman, at least near the same amount. And he only had eight interceptions. I mean, Michael Penix, the lefty. I mean, he was ridiculous last year, and it came out of nowhere, frankly. I mean, he was okay at Indiana. He was okay at Indiana, um, but he couldn't stay healthy, and it had a turnover problem. I mean, he goes to Washington. And he absolutely shows out. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, Washington this year is going to be real good uh, because of Michael Penix. And it's as simple as that. I think you're just, you know, you need to go back and watch the Michael Penix tape. He's that good. Here's what I have to say. I understand the talent that Michael Penix brings, but... I think the hype train is getting a little out of control. Again, I think he's I think he's great, but this is a great year of college quarterbacks, and let alone top three. I don't even believe he's top five. However, ridiculous. I do like what you were saying about how good he was last year, and we've talked about a couple quarterbacks from there already. I think everyone here knows we're going to talk about one when it clo- gets closer to our you know our final person, but 
Pac-12 games after dark this year. I'm not going to stay on this long, but those 10:30 time slot games are going to go crazy, especially when you have a game like, I mean, USC versus Washington or something like that. It's it's going to be insane. And just the quarterback matchups alone. I mean, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Caleb Williams. I mean, there and that's just a couple of. I mean, another one who again, very skeptical on, but. DJ Oyungle, who was awful at Clemson, who I fully attribute that to their horrible offensive coordinator. I don't think he's going to do anything crazy, but Oregon State knows how to coach a very good football team. And I think if he's in the right system, but again, that's neither here nor there. I just think those games are going to be great. But All right, what's your number three? What's your number three? Going to my number three, you just talked about him. I'm going to go Sam Hartman. Yeah. And... You know, again, once again, there's not much to say that you haven't already said about him. But I do want to harp on the big point I had about him, which was, like he was saying, if you watched Wake Forest last year, every single play, passing or running, that was not like a halfback dive or something like that, it had to be, it was either a fake handoff or it was a handoff. It was all play action. It was one of the weirdest offenses I've ever seen. Yeah, it was like a... I think it was like an RPO, but it's like this super weird RPO. Yeah, but not even that, but like, if he can succeed in that, not only can he be elite in a traditional offense where Notre Dame is known for having great tight ends where I know he liked connecting with those at Wake Forest, but just you have to just think of the talent level of being able to read the middle linebacker that well every single play and just knowing for how he's going to be able to use the middle of the field. But moving on to number two. I think we've got the same number one. I think we have the same number one and number two. All right, so let's say our number two on three. Okay, one, two, three, Drake Drake May. May. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's real simple. Drake May is extremely talented. You look at his stats last year, it's ridiculous how good Drake May was. I mean... It's uh, Drake May should, in my opinion, be the favorite to win the Heisman. Oh my! Hold that on! Is, hold on! Hold oh on! Hold on! Gosh. Hold on! But I don't think he's gonna win it because his defense is, you know, that defense on that UNC team is very bad. Okay, they're horrible. But Drake May, if you put Drake May and you put that USC logo on his helmet, I think he probably win. He probably wins it. He's that good of a player. Uh, him and Caleb, I think they're a lot closer than what some people think. I don't know about you, Tobe, but Drake May. I mean, hey. okay. So you say, say obviously, that. I believe that Drake May is the second best quarterback in the nation, and he's obviously going to have a great year. He had a great year last year, but talking talking about when you're saying that it's close between him and let's just say it. Let's just say. Him and Caleb Williams. Yeah, Caleb Williams. That is the right. most outlandish statement it's not. I have it's ever not. heard come from your mouth. Let me it's just not. say this. Drake May is the second best quarterback in the nation, and I would say he's levels above everyone behind him on the list. I agree. I agree. However, Caleb Williams is a generational talent, which I do I'm not, not believe. De- I'm not denying I do that. not I'm believe not. any other quarterback on this list is a generational talent. Once again, I would also like to point out that Caleb Williams would not have only won the Pac-12 championship last year if he did not have if he did not pull his hamstring. I believe he could have borderline won a college football playoff game. No, no, no. They're, All of that to USC, say. No, the USC's defense was way okay, too bad. But again, he's generational. He might be a top five quarterback prospect in college that I, 
I've ever watched. What? All right, he's absolutely insane. And I mean, he's not. He's not even close to Drake May. Is not. He, he's, he's levels he's above he's Drake close. May. Drake May is in my. He. I mean, he's just. He's a bigger. He's bigger than Caleb Williams is. He's taller. He's bulkier. I think they have similar arm talent. I mean, uh, really and truly, they're both really good mobile wise. I mean, I think Caleb Williams is a little bit more, but Drake May is still mobile. I mean, the talent gap between them is not nearly as far as you're making it seem. And I think this year, Drake May is going to have a really good year. I don't think he's going to win Heisman because his defense isn't good enough. But, you know, and that was a bad decision on UNC's part to bring back their defensive coordinator. Um, You know, you watch that game against App State where App State scored about 60 points, okay? Now, UNC won the game. They won the game, but you look how much points App State got. It's ridiculous how many points UNC had to score to win games. Um, not to say that USC's defense was much better. Oh, it, I, I, not even. To, I don't even think it was better than UNC's defense. I think it might have been close to. I mean, again, they were both atrocious. Neither here nor there. But again, I just want you to know, I'm not taking anything away from Drake May. I'm just. Giving that much more to Caleb Williams, who all right, all right. I mean, the legs, the legs of Drake May versus Caleb Williams aren't even close. And before we respond to that, Drake May has an elite rushing game, but Caleb Williams' pocket presence paired with his—I mean, some of the plays he had in that USC and then the Notre Dame last year, like that was absolutely insane. Yeah, but I'm not—I'm not discrediting Drake May. I obviously have him number two, but I think—I think we both had some spicy takes. I mean. I don't like I don't like Michael Penix at three. I don't, but Man, I believe gonna, he could end pr- up there. He's gonna prove you wrong. And, but see, I'm glad because a lot of things, a lot of things, we will see for real. In I think it's like 48 days now till week zero, and you're probably thinking week zero sucks. USC plays week zero now. They don't play a good team by any means, but. There's going to be some good games. Doesn't Notre Dame also play? Notre Dame does. They do that's play a, on week zero. It's going to be pretty good. Last year, it was Nebraska versus Northwestern, and I had to watch Caleb Thompson throw about Casey. 20 inaccurate oh, – Casey Thompson throw about 20 inaccurate passes. So I'm looking forward to some actually good – All right, it is now time for our final segment, which is perhaps the one I was the most excited for. Just just interested to see your picks compared to mine. It is time for our top 10 rankings of the teams in college football this year. And, Michael, I'm going to let you start off. Who do you have at your 10 slot? At my number 10 spot, there's a lot, there was a lot of choices I could have gone here. Uh, you, know, you know, but I, you know, I have to go with the University of Washington, okay? Uh... Last year, University of Washington, you know, they Washington was not expected to be contending for the Pac-12 title, and they ended up doing that. Uh, Kalen DeBoer, in his first, like, I, I want to say it was his first year last year, he did a really good job with that Washington team, and obviously a guy that again I'm much higher on than Toby is. It seems I was not expecting him <laughs> to be this low, okay? But Michael Penix, Michael Penix Jr. was really good last year. Transferred out of Indiana, as I was talking about beforehand. He had an amazing year, and I think he's going to 
go out there and have another really good year. I think he will probably be a Heisman finalist, in my opinion. I think he's going to have the stats. I think Washington's going to be a good enough team. Their defense was average last year. It's probably going to be about average this year, but their offense was ridiculous. And like the second best offense in college football last year. Uh, Michael Penix is a very big reason for that, but they have two really good 1,000-yard receivers in Roma Dunzo and Jalen McPhillan. Those are two really good receivers, and they're back this year. Uh, frankly, I think Washington's going to be a really good team. And, you know, I don't want to say they're a dark horse team to make the college football playoffs and win the Pac-12, but that's because, like, I could see it happening. If the 10th team did that, it's not that big of a surprise. I think they're going to compete for the Pac-12 title this year, and they're going to be very good. Pac-12 in general is going to be real good this year. But yeah, so, I, um... I agree. I have them on my list. Um, funny enough, they're not at my 10 slot. Um, at my 10 slot, I actually have the Utah Utes. I think they're coming off a great year last year. It's hard to put them higher because, again, I just think teams are stacked this year roster-wise. But, again, Cam Rising, again, I had him I had him in, in the quarterback rankings. I think I had him at 10. He's very good at what he does, and I actually – not as a shot towards him, but I think he's a system quarterback. I don't think he's anything crazy, but he hmm. fits the system of Utah very well. I, I love I love the way they get coached. I love their defense, and I forget the name of him, but there was another tight end they had last year alongside Dalton Kincaid that's going to have a great year. Yeah, and I just I think Utah is going to have a great year this year. I, I could totally see them being even higher than ten if if their cards fall right. I just I think it's going to be so hard in the Pac-12 this year. Yeah, to have a borderline undefeated year just with the talent that's there. However, I do think the committee is going to look at a lot of losses this year. And there might even be, this could be the first year with a two-loss team in the college football playoff. Hmm. But moving on to number nine, just real quick, that's where I have Washington. For a lot of the same reasons you have them at 10, I have them at nine. Their wide receiving core is insane. And I, I don't know. But yeah, just um, I think Washington's going to be, I think they're going to be a team that people can't take lightly this year. And once again, I think all of these teams, like every top 10 going into a year, can make the college football playoff. I just think that their defense is going to have to improve for them to get any higher on this list later in the year. But um, after that, what do you? Uh, who do you have your, at your number nine? Uh, at nine, I have a team that a lot of people are very up and down on. Uh, you know, it's a team that... You know, for about the last decade, people have been saying are back. And I think, you know, not to get too far into it, but I think they're back. Texas is back. Texas is my number nine team. You know, I didn't have Quinn Ewers on my list, and I think he's a big reason to, you know, for them being at nine. But if Quinn Ewers goes out there and is one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Texas will be a college football playoff team. They are. I mean, you look at their talent. Um, their receiving room is ridiculous. Uh, Xavier Worthy is really good. Uh, they had Isaiah Naylor, the transfer from Wyoming. I don't think he played too much last year. I'm pretty sure he didn't tear his ACL. I'm not sure, but uh, he's back. He was really talented. Not to mention they get Adani Mitchell from the University of Georgia. Um uh, really talented receiver. As a Georgia fan, it sucked to see him go. Uh, he's played in four college football playoff games in his career, and he's caught a touchdown in every single one of them. 
That's extremely impressive. There aren't many players to have done that. And he is one, he is, you know. So, he's going to be real good. Not to mention Jatavion Sanders, the tight end. He's one of the best tight ends in the nation. Um, you know, he's going to be real good. Uh, Jalon Catlon, he's a safety transfer from Arkansas. Uh, he's going to be big. That's the thing for Texas, though. Their defense needs some work. That's the biggest thing. But their defense was not nearly as bad as it was in Sarkeesian's first season there. Um, and I think they're going to get better, you know. And Texas, you know, love them or hate them. I think Texas is back. What about you, Ted? What you got in uh, You know, um... I I am on the Texas hype train. I'm not going to reveal where I have them on the list, but they are on my list. And I think you might be surprised where I put them. But moving on to number eight, you've already mentioned them. I have I have Florida State. Um, well, I haven't said Florida State yet. Who was your number 10 again? My number 10 was Washington. I had Washington oh, shoot. That's who it was. Now. That's who it was. Okay. Well, I have Florida State at eight this year. Um, for a lot of the reasons that I said Jordan Travis is going to have a good year. I think Florida State's team around them is good. Their defense improved last year, which is crazy to say for a Florida State team. It's nothing crazy, but there's not that many explosive offenses in the ACC, so I think they can take care of a lot of teams with their offensive power. But I think that powered with a rushing attack, especially with how Jordan Travis can run the ball, I think FSU can do some damage this year, and I would not be shocked if they won the ACC this year and they honestly might be my favorite this year to win the ACC going into this season. Uh, yeah, they're probably mine too. I don't have Clemson on this list. Uh, they they just uh, you know they're gr- bringing in Garrett Riley, so that's going to improve. But Kate Klubnick, you know, he's got question marks. Um, no, I'm honestly, I'm actually just going to stop you right there for one second. And just be, I just don't. I hate the Clemson hype that we get every year because of Davis yeah. Sweeney. It is unearned it is so annoying clemson was not very good last year no i do not believe they're going to be that good this year and they haven't been good since trevor lawrence yeah it's been a while and i think the biggest thing really and truly i mean this is the problem with Dabo not going and hitting the transfer portal as hard most teams would look at the roster and say hey we need help at wide receiver and when Clemson was really good, they had some real good wide receivers. Um, so, you know, you look at it, and those wide receivers are not on the team currently. They don't have a lot of elite wide receivers, and that's going to impact them. Um, I think they're going to be a good team, but I don't, you know, that wide receiver room is sketchy. And oh, yeah. I think Florida State, you know, I'm going to talk about them later, but Florida State, in my opinion, would probably be the team I'd put my money on to win the ACC championship. Uh, so I'll get to my number eight team now. I have USC, okay? Caleb Williams, uh, as we talked about, is the best quarterback in college football, okay? Um, Lincoln Riley, You are, everyone already has their opinion made up on Lincoln Riley. Um, you either think he's one of the greatest offensive minds of all time, which no one's going to disagree with, but you either think... He's got that ability to win it all. Or do you think his culture is weak? And 
the defense is never going to be there to win. And he's been in a lot of big games, and the defense has just let them down. I mean, you look at – the. I think the biggest example was that Rose Bowl against Georgia. And that was a very mediocre Georgia offense, especially compared to what it is at now. And that Georgia team scored a lot of points. Um or you're an Oklahoma fan and you just don't like Lincoln, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but USC is going to be good. They're, they, you know, Caleb Williams is really talented. Um, they're going to they have a good deal of good receivers. I think a sneaky good player. He's a five-star freshman. Zachary Branch, like the way people are talking about him at USC. Man, he might be one of the fastest players in college football as a true freshman, okay? He's going to make an impact. The only question with USC, and this has been the question for Lincoln Riley teams ever since he became a head coach at Oklahoma, is his defense. The defense has not been there. But I think, you know, I don't know how good their defense is going to be this year, but they've got a really big, you know, transfer guy in Bear Alexander, the Nose tackle at George. I don't know why he transferred there. It didn't make much sense. He was probably going to be a starter at Georgia, and he chooses USC. I don't. Maybe he just didn't like the how much UGA switches players out and stuff like that. But he's a big time transfer, you know, player to get for USC. I think he's going to have an impact on their defensive line. I think. He's going to make them a good, a better defensive team. Maybe not a good defensive team, but I think USC, if they go out and have an average defensive year, that's all they need. They don't need to be a top 10 defense. If they could be the 30th best defense, that'd be huge for them, in my opinion. 30th, 25th, then you're looking at a USC team that can win it all. But until then, I have them at 8. I can't put them any higher because of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um. Funny enough, as as high as I am on Caleb Williams, because of that defense, I just I couldn't put them in the top ten. Yes, I have them sir. top fifteen. I understand you putting them there because they might have the best offense in the nation. However, losing Jordan Addison's gonna hurt. Yeah, yeah. But again, I think Caleb Williams will lead them to probably a one to two loss season. However, I still think they're gonna have a great year. But Moving on to my number seven, I have the LSU Tigers. Mm. I think Jaden Daniels showed last year that he can get it done in the big game. And, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that the coach at TCU won coach of the year last year. There was no question he should have. But the job that Brian Kelly did in LSU last year, especially after that heartbreak loss to FSU, I just... Enough cannot be said about it, especially that Alabama win, which few SEC teams are able to do, especially if you look back at his years in Notre Dame where he could not get it done versus Alabama. And those teams had severely less talent because SEC programs are just supreme. (laughs) But I think well-coached teams obviously are the ones that make it far. And I think Brian Kelly is a top-five coach in college football. I obviously think Jaden Daniels is a top 10 quarterback. The offense around him fits him perfectly. I love the play calling. And their defense, I really, I need to look it up. I can't remember. There was one defensive player on LSU. Oh, they got a few good ones. Harold Perkins. Harold Perkins. That's what I'm talking about. Harold Perkins might have been the second best player. 
But no, probably the third best defensive player in the SEC last year. Because obviously you got Jalen Carter, you got Will Anderson. Harold Perkins was insane. And I know, Michael, you're probably about to go on about Mingo or someone else for Georgia. That was crazy. And yes, no, Georgia had a great defense. But Harold Perkins was insane last year. And Harold Perkins is really good. And I'm going to talk about him later in that LSU team. Okay. Yeah, I, I really think LSU can go far. But considering you're going to talk about them later, and I already talked about them for a little while, who do you... Uh, who do you have at your number seven slot? I have, you know, a lot. Again, this is another team, you know, with a coach that a lot of people have their opinions made up on them. But it's Penn State and James Franklin. James Franklin, head coach at Penn State, he's been able to win 10 games consistently, but he's not been able to take Penn State to that next level and win the Big Ten. I'm not sure if they do it this year, but I think it's going to be really competitive. He's not been able to beat an Ohio State or a Michigan, and frankly, I think he's going to beat one of them. Okay, I think he's going to beat one of them. Uh, we'll probably talk about that later on getting closer to the season, but I do think Penn State will be one of those teams. Penn State's got a really good team. First off, Drew Aller's coming in. Now, a lot is on him to be really good and be the really good player that he was coming out of high school. But I, I think he's going to do it. Drew Aller is a really good athlete. He's got an absolute cannon. Okay, He is going to win Penn State games. Uh, you know, Penn State hasn't for the last few years had a quarterback that could win them games. You know, It was a team around him that, could win, that was winning them the games. And that mattered when they went up against an Ohio State or a Michigan because they didn't have that elite quarterback play. I think Drew Aller provides that. Not to mention, they got Alu Fashu, their offensive tackle. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He was the offensive tackle. Would have been probably the first tackle off the board this year's in this year's draft. He comes back for his, another year. He's a, hu- a huge reason why Penn State's going to be good. Not to mention, Penn State has an elite running back room. Uh, arguably the best in the nation. Not to mention the fact that while the receiving room had been a problem, you know, they've had some good receivers, but uh, like Jahan Dotson, but, you know, it was not great last year. They go out and they get Dante Cephas, I believe, a wide receiver out of Kent State. He's going to make an impact. Uh, Penn State's wide receiver, you know, Penn State's going to be good. Not to mention their defense is going to be good. Abdul Carter was one of the best defensive players in the Big Ten last year. Elite linebacker up there, again, with the likes of Harold Perkins. Okay, Abdul Carter is really good. Penn State is going to be a really good team this year. Do not sleep on them. No, I agree. I um, I think Penn State's going to have a good year this year. I think they're a really interesting team. Um, I don't want to say all my thoughts on them now, but <laughs> moving to number six, you might think I have them a little high. You probably have them lower on this list. And I actually think you're going to call me a little bit crazy for having them this high, but my number six team in the nation is the Ohio State Buckeyes. That's fair. That's fair. Now... I do have to say, Marvin Harrison going into the year behind Caleb Williams might be the most exciting player on the field. I mean, he's up there. He's up he's, there. He's def- brought Bowers. Oh my God. Which we'll Here talk we about. Go again. Here right, we Brock go again. Brock Bowers is elite. Okay. No, Brock, Brock Bowers is definitely the best tight end in the nation. But yeah, of course, Marvin Harrison might be the best wide receiver in the last couple of years in college football. I mean, he's going to have a great year. But. 
usually teams in the top 10, you talk about why they're there because they're good. But I actually have Ohio State 6 because of two reasons, and they're not good reasons. Number one, most importantly, their, their quarterback room. Yeah. Number one, I don't even know if Kyle McCord or Devin Brown is going to start. I believe it's going to be Kyle McCord. But number two, I don't think Ryan Day can get it done. I severely question his coaching. Awful game last year versus Michigan. That was an injury-riddled Michigan team, and Ohio State got blown out. And I just I don't have faith in the coaching staff or the quarterback room of Ohio State, which is another reason this year is going to be so good because – a lot of teams this year, a lot of powerhouses are starting with new quarterbacks. So, for those reasons, I have Ohio State at six, but um, I'm interested. Who do you uh, who do you have at your six slot? Yeah, I feel you on Ohio State. I, you know, in my four to about seven spot, I feel they're largely interchangeable, and you could even throw the three spot in there. But at six, a team in the similar boat as Ohio State, I have the Alabama Crimson Tide. Wow, you know. Not to doubt Alabama. I, I think Alabama will do will be good, you know. And if they end up winning the national championship this year, I don't think they're going to. But if they did, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm never going to count Nick Saban out. But the fact of the matter is they, they're they losing a lot of returning production, okay. Bryce Young's not there. Will Anderson's not there. Jamar Gibbs was not there. Um... And that matters. Those are those were really good players. Bryce Young was their best player. Will Anderson was their best offensive player. Um, Jamar Gibbs was their best receiver and their running back. Okay, they lost a good deal in the offensive line, and I think that's going to matter. Now, granted, they are extremely talented. Obviously, Kool Aid McKinstry is arguably the best cornerback in college football. I mean, he's got the best one of the best names in college football. Oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't even say it's an argument and I would just add on to that. I think he's the best punt returner going into this next year in college that's football. That's fair. That's fair. He's he's dynamic, okay? Uh not to mention Dallas Turner is a really good edge rusher as well, but the fact of the matter is Alabama's quarterback room is, you know, very iffy, okay? You got um you got you know you got Jalen Milrow who was the guy that was playing last year or as some people call him Jalen Mildew okay I mean <laughs> I mean sorry that, that was a little but you know Milrow was not he was okay he's a really good rusher he's a great athlete but you could tell Alabama did not trust him to run you know to throw the ball a lot of times they didn't and you could tell really and truly that. Um, it felt like going into this offseason, going into spring training, into the spring game, that Alabama thought that Ty Simpson was going to separate himself and become the starting quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And frankly, he didn't. He did not separate nearly as much as people thought he was. I mean, even to this day, it's a real question on who's going to be the starter. And then they bring in... The transfer, Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame, okay? And while he does have that synergy with Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator who they brought from Notre Dame, again, reminder, they are bringing in new offense and defensive coordinator. But Tommy Reese, you know, brings basically brings over Tyler Buckner, and he's not named the starter currently. You know, if he was brought in, expected to be the starter, you would expect someone like Jalen Milroy or Ty Simpson to enter the transfer or even both. But the fact is, they didn't. 
They stayed there, and I don't know who their quarterback's going to be, and I think that's a problem. Not to mention, they have a wide receiver room that is not nearly as good as what it has been in the past. You know, you look at these elite Alabama teams of the last few years, the last decade, you go back to... You know, people like Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, you know, John Mechie. Um, so, a lot of really good players, not to mention, you go back even farther, people like Calvin Ridley, Mari Cooper, even Julio Jones, okay? These are all players that they got, that they recruited, and then they got, and the in these last few years, they haven't had that, you know. They had uh, Jamison Williams, but he was an Ohio State transfer. And right now, you look at that wide receiver room right now, and it's not nearly as good as what it should be. Um, you know, Jermaine Burton, the transfer from Georgia, you know, he came in with a lot of expectations, and he just was not nearly as good as people thought he was going to be. And I'm not going to try and you know, say that Nick Saban's lost it, because he's not. Nick Saban's, in my opinion, is right now, currently, the second best coach coaching. Oh but, my god! No, it's not, it's not oh a crazy take. That's not a crazy gosh. take. That's not a crazy take, okay? Um, but, so I'm not going to count Alabama out. I just have a lot of questions. That's why these, these teams are really good at they're in this place, but they have questions for me. Not to mention, uh, their defensive coordinator wasn't Steele, Kevin Steele, that they brought over. He was a defensive coordinator at Miami. Miami's defense was not very good. Now, Alabama has more talent than them, but, okay, you look back, watch the Miami game against Middle Tennessee State, okay? Middle Tennessee State is not a good team, okay? I, while I'm a Georgia fan, I do go to James Madison University. And James Madison, they had. Their, this was their last season was their first year at the FBS level. And they played for their first game of the season, Middle Tennessee State. Middle Tennessee State did not score until late in the second half, okay? JMU had taken out their starters, I'm pretty sure. So, either JMU is one of the greatest teams. <laughs> they were a good team last year. They were not elite, okay? Their defense was not elite. So, they had a good defense, but not... Oh, I mean, it was, it was a strong defense, but it wasn't like, you know, what you'd expect that for, you know, a defense that would stop a team in Middle Tennessee State as much as they did. And that was a Middle Tennessee State, Middle Tennessee State team that destroyed a Miami defense. I mean, they had like four or five plays. They had like four plays over like 80, 90 yards. That's ridiculous. And he's at Alabama now. I think Alabama's going to be good, but they just have too many question marks for me to put them in my top five. Now, granted, if you want to put them in your top five, which I assume you do, Toby, that's fair. There are definitely arguments, but at five, at six, I have Alabama. You know, that's fair. For, for a lot of those reasons, I do believe that that's an accurate ranking. However, I have them I have them lower on my list because I think Saban's going to get it done this year. He's that's known fair. to bounce back, but they're, they're a little bit lower than five. And to crack my top five, I'm going to go with a team you've already said. Some, some teams, you know, they get hype around them and it fails early into the season. This team I don't believe is going to happen. My team is Texas. And, you know, you said that Texas might have one of the best wide receiving cores this year. I believe 
there's no question about it. Texas has the best wide receiving core in the nation. Whoa, they whoa, have whoa, 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 whoa. a top two wide receiver in the nation, and another one that's top ten to go alongside it. They borderline have a top three tight end in Jatavion Sanders. Obviously, their top two wide receiver, Xavier Worthy, is the second best wide receiver in the nation. I don't know. I don't know. Ad Mitchell, he's top ten. You're a Georgia Bulldog. Obviously, you won't question that. Quinn Ewers, I think, is going to have a great year. And this is Steve Steve Sarkeesian's year (laughs) to to prove that he belongs in Texas. And last year, if you look at Texas' losses, you know, when you look at a team to see if they can improve, you look to see how they lost games. And I'm pretty sure that all of, if not one... Maybe one of their games was not within one score that they lost. All of them were close games. They couldn't finish. I think the TCU game was an awful loss because as good as TCU was last year, Texas left so many points on the board. I just think the hype is real. I think they're going to have the best offense in college football. I think they're going to be exciting. I have them knocking off Alabama week two. If it was later in the year, I'd probably go with Alabama, but anything can happen early in the year. I think it's going to be a great game, but um, that's my five slot. Michael, who do you uh, who do you have in that five position? I at five, a team that you were talking about earlier. I got Florida State there. I had Florida State at five. I think they're a very talented team. Um, you know, Jordan Travis. Uh, he is again. He's a top ten quarterback. Um, they went out there. Was Jaheim Bell the transfer from South Carolina? And then there was another guy, I can't remember his name. He They got another big-time transfer uh, transfer at tight end. So their tight end room is going to be good. You know, while they did lose, as you were point, as we pointed out earlier, all Micah Pittman, they still have Johnny Wilson, who's really talented, and they had Keon Coleman, who was a really talented player for Michigan State. Not to mention um, Florida State on the defensive end, they got Jared Verse, who came back. Jared Verse would have been a top 10 pick last year. But he decided to come back for another season. And I think that's huge. Um, not to mention Florida State. His name, I can't remember it right now. But he was transfer from UVA. He was a cornerback. Really talented player. One of the top players in this year's transfer portal rankings. Um, extremely talented player. I think Florida State's defense is going to be good, and I think their offense is going to be good. They're returning a lot of talent back, and I think Florida State is a real contender for the college football playoffs. I think they are. You know, they're they have a, you know tough games against LSU and Clemson, which might hold them back. But right now, I think they're my fifth best team. You know, I don't know what the season will hold for them, but I think they're going to be good. Yeah, I um I agree. Obviously, y'all have heard my thoughts on them, but yeah. I think FSU is going to have a great year this year. But moving on to four, you already had this team in your list. And this is my this is my extremely hot take of my top ten. And I think I know who he is. I believe this team, paired with his head coach, I think they can make the college football playoff this year. And my number four team is Penn State. Hmm. James Franklin has, you know... He's been a great coach in his tenure at Penn State. Mm-hmm. He really re- revitalized the program when he got the job. But I think he's just been lacking. You know, when he had Saquon, he had the running back play without the quarterback play. 
and he hasn't really ever had that elite quarterback. I mean, Sean Clifford is good. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. not only do I think Drew Aller could have a top 10 season, but I think Nick Singleton is going to have a top five rushing season in yeah, college he, football. He was really good last and year. And you pair that with a Penn State defense that's respected, but I actually believe is slightly underrated for how good they are every year. I think Penn State could do some damage, and this is a very bold take I'm about to say, but I think Penn State is going to beat Ohio State and Michigan this year. Mm. I could see Penn State running the table this year. I think the culture that James Franklin has built is one that Ohio State is not even close to having right now. I feel like they'll struggle a little bit more with Michigan just because, you know, Michigan has arguably the most talented roster in all of college football. But I really think Penn State's going to have... Arguably. A, a crazy year this year. Of course, you say arguably because you're probably going to say the Georgia Bulldogs, which yeah. I'm sure we'll get to them. But yeah, moving on to your number four, who do you who do you have in that slot? At four, a team that you were low on, I have the Ohio State Buckeyes. I understand there are three weaknesses. There are, there are a few weaknesses that I have circled from. First off, the questions on the quarterback. With Devin Brown and Kyle McCord, you know, they haven't really separated nearly as much as people thought they were. But the problem, you know, the difference between them and Alabama's QB room is, well, two things. One, um, the team felt confident enough in those two that they didn't have to go out and get another transfer like Tyler Buckner. Um, and two, from what we saw in the spring game, Kyle McCord and Devin Brown are decent enough players. And while you have questions in Alabama with that quarterback room, um, the fact is that Ohio State has, in my opinion, while well, you said Texas, I think Ohio State has the best receiving room in college football. Marvin Harrison Jr. is one of the best receivers we've seen in college football, as you point out. But Emmanuel Bukwa is uh, a really talented receiver as well. Not to mention Jordan Fleming. He's he's a really talented receiver, and when he's been able to show it, when he's been able to get on the field, he is another really good receiver for them. Um, but, you know, they did lose a good deal on the offensive line. I think they'll be fine there. Um, you know, their defense, while has not been nearly as good as it should be, they have a lot of talent. JT Tulamulu, um, he's really good. Tommy Eichenberg, the linebacker, I believe that's his name, he is really talented himself. Um... They got a lot of talent on that defense. I think just getting it there is big. And now I will say the one question is on them is obviously their quarter is, uh, you know, the head coach. I, you know, you have to ask yourself, can, you know, the man himself, Ryan Day, can he do it? Can, is you know Ryan Day capable of taking Ohio State to the next level? I mean, as you know, Jim Harbaugh said, you know, some people were born on third base and thought they hit a triple. <laughs> I, it's a great line, <laughs> and the question is, will he be able to do it? Well, I'm not the biggest Ryan Day fan, and I don't think Ohio State's going to do it. I think right now, on this current date, you know. It is July 9th when we're recording this. I think Ohio State is the fourth best team in the nation. Now, I don't know what it's going to look like in October, November, or December. 
or even January, uh, especially not January actually, but I think right now Ohio State has is the fourth best team. I think they have a lot less questions than an Alabama or a Penn State, and I think they have a higher upside than a Florida State, and that's why they're four for me. But um, so what do you have at number three? And number three, it's a team that I was surprised you had higher. You had them at your sixth slot. I understand the reasons because this year, it's it's a little weird. Alabama team, and that that is my choice. It is Alabama at three. It's it's one of the weirder Alabama teams, and I think what people overlook, which not to get aside from college football for a second, but a reason why I think Bryce Young is going to be so well in the NFL is. If you look at what Bryce Young did with that wide receiving core last year, I mean, it's one of the craziest things I've seen a quarterback do, especially in that Texas game. He threw his wide receivers open. His wide receivers could not do anything the majority of the year, and I don't think Tyler Buckner can do that. However, I think a couple of those young wide receivers have developed. I think Alabama's defense is going to go on a tear this year. I think Chase McClellan did not get enough love just because of how good Jameer Gibbs was. But in that Texas game, Chase McClellan had like 170 yards and like two touchdowns. He, he broke good. off he a really long good. one. I think almost any running back can succeed in Alabama's system. I mean, we've seen that for over a decade now. Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, Josh Jacobs, those are just to name a few. I think Nick Saban, whenever he's had somewhat of a down year, and a down year for Alabama is one to two losses, which just shows you how good of a program they are. I think Nick Saban is taking it personally, and obviously he's the best coach to ever coach a college football team, let alone he's still the best coach in college football. It's not Kirby Smart. I don't want to hear it. All right. If Kirby and Georgia does do a three-peat, I think at that point it's not even an argument, okay? Um, And we'll talk about that later, but... Also, another guy, I didn't mention this earlier, but Alabama, their running back room is good. Jason McAllen is good. Justice Haynes, uh, freshman. I wish Georgia had got him. He was a Georgia legacy guy, and he was a really good Georgia high school player. We just didn't get him. That sucks. But, yeah. I mean, Alabama's good. I mean, no, I'm no. You know, I'm, I'm so confident that Georgia is not going to three-peat. That I'll say it right here live on the podcast. If the Georgia Bulldogs win their third straight national championship, I will shave my head. Okay. I'm putting it out there right now. Okay. That is how confident I am. All but right. all things aside, Michael, who is your number three team in the nation? At number three, this is a team, and you're going to be a little surprised, but I have the LSU Tigers out of Baton Rouge. Wow. Like, they're going to be wow. really good. I think. I think, frankly, they have, you know, I think they're in the same range as Ohio State's, the Florida State's, Alabama, the Penn State's that I brought up earlier. I think they have separated themselves. I think the main thing is a mixture of they have this up the higher level that they can go to higher than a Florida State, and I think they have more, they're, you know, they have Jaden Daniels, who has proven himself as a really good quarterback. Well, you know, Drew Aller is really talented. He has not proven himself, and there's question marks at the quarterback room in Ohio State and at Alabama. But I think he's going to be really good. 
Not to mention, if you go back and look at it, Malik Neighbors, the wide receiver there, is really talented. He's a really talented receiver. He's going to make an immediate. He's going to be one of the best receivers in college football this year, in my opinion. One of the best in the SEC, to say the least. And I think he is extremely talented. Um, not to mention what Alabama has. I mean, excuse me, LSU has on the defensive end in a player like Harold Perkins, who, as a true freshman was one of the most talented players in all of college football. He absolutely dominated games. Go back and look at that game against Arkansas. He basically won that game by himself. You know, I don't want to say that, but, you know, it felt like, you know, he was disrupting plays every single snap. He was. He was ruining what Arkansas was doing. Not to mention, you have a player in Mason Smith, a defensive tackle who was hurt for most of last year. Um, And he's back. He's going to be one of the top draft picks in this year's class. And he's going to make a big impact. The only real, you know, question mark for me for LSU last year, I thought their secondary needed work. And they go out and get Denver Harris a cornerback out of Texas A&M. He was a five-star coming out. He was one of the top-rated recruits, you know, in this transfer portal that people wanted. People wanted Denver Harris. He goes to LSU. He's going to make an impact. LSU is going to be really good next year, and I think they're probably, I think there's a really high chance that them and Georgia have a rematch in the SEC championship game. They're going to be really good. I I can see it. I think... I mean, I had LSU at six. I think they could. I think you could interchange a lot of the teams three through seven. Mm-hmm. I think all of them could. Oh, have. not! I didn't even bring up how good Brian Kelly was. You know, there was a lot of talk last. You know, when Brian Kelly was hired, I'm like, oh, is this a good hire? Is this a good hire? Does he fit what LSU does? Does he fit the culture there? I never doubted the hire. You know. I, you know, some of the stuff that he did when he put on the fake Southern accent and when he did the, the recruiting videos where he's dancing with them, it was super weird, you know, super awkward. But the point is, you know, he's a really good coach. I, I thought it was going to work out. LSU had won national championships with less talented, you know, coaches. Not just Ed Ogeron, but Les Miles. Les Miles was not as good of a coach as Brian Kelly. And I think LSU, maybe not, I don't think it's this year, but sometime they're going to win a, a national championship under Brian Kelly. You can mark that down. I could see it happening. Yeah. I could see it happening. Well, it's not prolong anything. Let's just both talk about these next two teams because, again, having not seen your list, I assume we have the same two and one. Yeah. At number two, I have the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah. You know, I think they have the most stacked roster in college football. I think they mm. fell into the trap last year of being a little lazadaisical in the first quarter of the college football playoff game because the only way you lose to a team like TCU, which has severely less talent than any team that was in the college football playoff last year, is you let them get ahead, you let them get confidence, and whilst he had an insane game stat-wise, you kind of have to blame J.J. McCarthy. Yeah. I believe he threw two pick-sixes. I believe he also fumbled. I know for sure he threw one pick six. There were just some mistakes you can't make in a college football playoff game that he made. And, you know, all things aside from that, 
I think Carson Edwards is going to have an insane rushing year alongside Blake Corum. You know, I think their defense is going to be insane. And speaking on Carson Edwards, I'm kind of surprised he didn't transfer because Blake Corum is obviously going to get probably 80-plus percent of the carries. Carson Edwards? He was, he was a player who played it. He was a basketball player. No, he's he, that's who's on that's who's on um, Michigan. That's their backup running back. That was whatever. No, let's fact check it. Let's fact check. Okay, it. let's see. I thought his name was. You tell me what his name is. It's Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards. Donovan Edwards. Shoot, shoot. Well, Donovan Edwards. Pardon me. I think Donovan Edwards is gonna. So a have... little unprofessional. <laughs> and go okay. To the, All the right. Google twice this episode. All right. Okay. It's it's the first. Day. It's the off season. You know, a little a little off my game. Yeah, it's you a know. Sunday. Okay. <laughs> we no, were working but... all. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Carson Edwards. Who? Oh, you just did it again. I'm not. I was talking about how he was cut already from the NBA. Okay. All right. Donovan Edwards. Is gonna have a great year. Yeah, I Blake so. Corum is gonna have a great. You know what? No, you talk about Michigan now, right? You know okay. all the facts. You, you talk about. Them. Okay, yeah, Michigan is a really good team, obviously. You know, uh, JJ McCarthy is a really talented quarterback. I think he's going to have a good year. Um, while it is true he did play bad in that TCU game, you know, overall he had a really good regular season in my opinion. Um, you know, transfer portal wise, they go out and get Ernest Hausman, transfer from Nebraska, who is really good, one of the best transfer guys in this class. I think he's going to make an impact. So, my questions with Michigan lie largely in the wide receiver room. I mean, obviously, their defense is good, their quarterback is good. Obviously, Blake Corman, Donovan Edwards is really talented. Okay. Their offensive line is really talented. I mean, they won the Joe Moore Award twice. Now, I kind of disagree with that last year. And I'm never, as a Georgia fan, I'm never going to forget when they pulled up to the Orange Bowl against Georgia. And all, all week, all, you know, the whole month, they were talking about how good they are and everything and how they're just going to run up and down Georgia, which is such a stupid thing to say. And then they show up to the game wearing shirts that said, run the damn ball, and they could barely run on that Georgia defensive line. Okay, So I do think their offensive line is a tad overrated. That's still a really good offensive line. But um, my question with Michigan, though, lies in their wide receiver room. You know, Ronnie Bell was their best receiver by far, and he didn't have a particularly amazing year last year, and he's not there anymore. Their wide receiver room is lacking. Um, some people, you know, want to say that they don't have any weaknesses. They do. They do. They don't have a great receiving room. I think that's going to hold them back. And, you know, Jim Harbaugh is a really talented coach. You know, that's another thing. Uh, obviously, you can't forget that. Whatever you think about him, you know, trying to go to the NFL the last two years, but Jim Harbaugh is a talented coach. Michigan's going to be a talented team. I don't think they're as good as my number one, Toby's number one, the University of Georgia. They're really good. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I'd like to interrupt you here to just say okay. that before you give your thoughts on Georgia, I would just like to say that when we were talking about this episode, Michael doesn't know this, but this is... This is the part of the episode that I was least looking forward to. <laughs> I not only dislike 
the University of Georgia and the Georgia Bulldogs. But I know how much Michael loves the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, it is possibly the most annoying football program, and its fans are even worse. So I'll just be quick so Michael can take his time. They've won two championships in a row. Back to back. Arguably the best coach in college football right now. No argument. He is. He is. Okay. Their quarterback room is questioned, but Michael's going to tell mm. you that Carson Beck is the next Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying okay. that. I'm not saying that. I'll even admit that Brock Bowers is the best tight end in college football. All right. Their defense is obviously going to be great. And that's all I have and want to say about them. Michael, <laughs> I hope we don't spend 10 years on this, but what are your thoughts on all the right. upcoming season for the Georgia Bulldogs? I, I will make it. Sh- Relatively short because we're running on time, you know, running out of time. This episode is going to be real long. Eh? Pause. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, but George is really good. Obviously, Kirby Smart's the best defensive, you know, is the best coach in college football. Okay, um, they have question. My questions do lie in the offensive coordinator. Oh, uh, you know, they lost. What was his name? Todd Monken to the NFL. He's going to the Baltimore Ravens. And while I don't think a lot is going to change, you know, really and truly, with the loss of Todd Monken, um, Mike Bobo is an interesting figure in Georgia history. He had been there before, and some people liked him, some people didn't like him. I think he's going to do all right. I don't think a lot's going to change in their offense, but that is something to bring up. Um, Carson Beck is a talented quarterback. He looked really good in that spring game, okay? Um, Also, that should be noted, there is one quarterback, one singular quarterback. uh, Now, check me if I'm wrong. There's one quarterback currently... In all of college football, that has completed a pass in a college football national championship game, and that oh. <laughs> I'm messing up my set over here talking Michael about. Michael just dropped his entire microphone. <laughs> no, it's just a pop up. Carson Beck is the only quarterback to do that. Carson Beck, he's you know, in my opinion, he's going to be. You know, he's as good as J.J. McCarthy. I just can't put him in my top ten because he hasn't started a game. We haven't seen a lot of Carson Beck. But what we have seen is pretty good. Not to mention Brock Bowers, who, in my opinion, is arguably the best player in college football. If you take out out positional value, you know, obviously the quarterback's the most valuable position. I think Carson Beck, I mean, All right, no, no, answer me a question, answer me a question. You're an NFL team right now. Mm-hmm. You would rather have Brock Bowers than Marvin Harrison. Probably not, considering how more valuable having an elite wide receiver That's is. That's exactly what but, I'm trying to say. Brock Bowers is not but, better than Marvin Harrison. Hold at on, their hold own on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, at their respective position, yeah, Brock Bowers is arguably going to finish as the greatest tight end of all time. Okay. What? You, yes, yes, look at the stats. What? Just look at the stats. Look at the stats. Look at the stats. Okay. He's already got like more receiving yards than like any like rece- any tight end that you're going to bring up. Now, you can point out like all the receptions and whatever, but it's not that much more. Not to mention Brock Bowers is good in the, re- in the running game. 
not just as a runner. I mean, he can do those in rounds. Brock Bowers is an underrated blocker, okay? He's an underrated blocker, not to mention the fact that, I mean, he's just really he's just really good, okay? You put the ball in his hands, and he immediately makes plays. He just makes plays. He is arguably the best playmaker in college football, in my opinion. Um, not to go too far on, but you look at the receiving room at Georgia. Now, losing a Donnie Mitchell hurt. Okay, that was because Donnie Mitchell is really good, and that's the reason why I have Texas as high as I do at number nine. You know, if he's not on that team, I don't know if he's in my top ten. But you bring in Dominic Lovett from uh, Mizzou, who was one of the best receivers in in the SEC last year. You have a guy in Lad McConkey, who is extremely talented. Say what you want about Lad I know you're not trying to tell me how good Lad McConkey is right now. Yes, Michael, yes, no, yes, no, yes. I need you to listen to me right now, okay? I've heard, I have not heard takes about the Georgia Bulldogs for the last three minutes. I have heard biased things not biased. that it's you not, believe, it's, okay? It's I would not, like you to sum up what you feel about the Georgia Bulldogs in like a paragraph or less. Don't tell me about their three-star no. wideouts that absolutely suck. Okay, we know what? Brock Bowers what? is good. Carson what? Beck is not as good exposing. as J.J. McCarthy. You are exposed. Let's me. just go on. Tell me your final thoughts on the Georgia okay. There's a lot more thoughts. Well, you know? I, no, no. Okay, the running back room is not nearly as talented as it has been in the past. I think their offensive line has lost some pieces. That being said, Cedric Van Pran is, in my opinion... One of, if not the best centers in college football. Cedric Van Pran was a massive get for the Georgia Bulldogs to have him come back for his senior season. Um, And then you look on the defensive end. You don't need me to tell you how good Georgia's defense is going to be. Michael Williams is a very talented defensive defensive end on that edge line. Their linebacking room is amazing. Jim... uh, Dumas Johnson is really talented. Um, Smile Munden is really talented. You got Malachi Starks back there at safety, who's going to be really good. Um, Kamari Lassiter, most places are having him as a first-round pick in this year's class. He's really talented. Javon Bullard is a talented player. Uh, so, and obviously their defensive, you know, that interior front is going to be good. You know how much Kirby Smart recruits that. So. While there are questions about this Georgia team, I'm not saying there's not. You know, you could say, well, they might go, they might end up getting to the college football playoffs or like the, at least the SEC championship game and not really have played any elite talent. Say what you want to say about Tennessee, but the thing is, Georgia is really good this year. I don't care what you say; they're really good. Well, I think everyone that has listened to the podcast. If they didn't listen to the first 20 minutes when we were talking about our favorite team, stuff like that, I think everyone knows that you love the Georgia Bulldogs, okay? And obviously, I think they're going to be great, too. They're going to have a great year. But, you know, all not to mention, not to mention Glenn Schumann out at defensive coordinator, okay? You know, the Philadelphia Eagles wanted him as their defensive coordinator, and he said no. He said no to the Eagles. That's not, that's a real thing, Okay. Also, speaking of defensive coordinators, this popped up in my mind. You know who the defensive coordinator is at Penn State? Who? Under James Franklin? Who? It's Manny Diaz. If you didn't know that, Manny Diaz. Okay? So all the Miami fans that were saying all this about Manny Diaz, Manny Diaz is at Penn State, and their defense is going to be good. Okay? Well, all Penn State. That has nothing to say. All Georgia things aside, 
all banter aside, from me and Michael both, we appreciate everyone that listened to this first episode. Yes. This is the first of many. You know, obviously Michael's takes are hotter than mine. You obviously <laughs> not, not know all who's more rational when it comes to college football. Yeah, one person hates Michael Pence. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, if you want to follow us on our own socials, Michael, you want to shout out your Twitter? Yeah, um, follow the Twitter, um, whatispie42. Follow the Instagram, michael.goat. Um, Toby? <laughs> my uh, my Twitter and Instagram is the same. It's it's the Tobester seven two four. And by the time this episode is out, we should have socials yeah. for the pods. The so. socials are being created currently. When you listen, when you're listening to this, they will be out. Make sure you follow us. You know, on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Threads. You know, yeah, there's gonna, gonna be threads. there's gonna be some wild stuff on that TikTok. That's all I'm saying. No, but. <laughs> You should be able to follow us at, it's going to be the CFB Degenerates Pod. That's what, it's, um, that's what the handle is going to be on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. This episode will be on all streaming platforms. If you could give us you know, a follow on Spotify, it would be much appreciated. Or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also, the, social, the, the handle for all the social medias uh, will be in the bio. So.